killers, demons, ghosts outside Screaming you can run but you can't hide You can't scare me, I'm already dead inside This is a show where we watch horror movies and talk about them And massacre them <laughs> And massacre intros and outros <laughs> This is a show about chainsaws where we talk about TV shows. Welcome to the Texas Chris Saw Massacre. We review chainsaws and shit. Welcome to the Texas Chris Dave Saw Chainsaw Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the N four hundred two grit chainsaw. It's made for timber. It's made for timber, Chris, but I don't think it's going to work as well as maybe your run of the mill um, logging chainsaw. What are you, what are your thoughts? My thoughts are this thing cuts through bone like butter, and that's all I need from a chainsaw. All right, so Chris is coming at it from a different direction. Does it cut through spruce as well as it might cut through boards? No. Irrelevant. It cuts quick through a bone, quick through a bone. All right, so uh, now we're talking uh, text Chris's. What, what one do you... Uh, you <laughs> your volume on these mics, it just, it just makes me so angry. Too bad. <laughs> when I do a voice, I project, and when I'm normal, I don't, and I suck. I, you just you, you have two volumes. It's Mumble Dave and Shouty Dave. Mumble Dave is speaking Dave, and in a room, it makes sense, you know, but <laughs> on a fucking microphone, it's just dog shit. And then I, it is. And, and then I get into it a little I bit. I can't crank you up to full, because you do... I know. You get excited, and then you get animated. That's, that's why I can't, like, you, like, you get do that, like, 20% of the time. It's not like it's random <laughs> aberrations where you shout up. Like, you get excited often. Yeah. All okay. right. Check it down, down, da 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 And that's what we say when we're doing the intro. Here we go. <clears throat> what episode is it? Oh, yeah. Good call. That's great. Uh, 66. 66. Hey, scaredy cats, and welcome back. It is episode 66, god damn it, of the Tex Chris Dave Saw Massacre. I'm David Stonebra. I'm Chris Vandenberg. Awesome. And today we are going to be watching the 1987 uh, horror film called The Gate by Tibor Takax. I would say Takash. Takash. Yeah. Takash. That Hungarian CS. It's a Hungarian man who yeah. made this movie in 1987 called The Gate. You may have heard of it. Year I was born. Uh, two years before mine. And uh, Tibor Takash did mostly TV and TV movies, including Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Maybe you've heard of it. Oh, I've heard of it. Yeah? You watch that shit? I watch that shit a lot. I love that sassy-ass cat. Uh, Salem was great. Salem, Melissa yep. Joan Hart was like definitely one of the biggest crushes in my youth. No way. Uh, definitely. I had the soundtrack. I bought that soundtrack. You bought the Sabrina the Teenage Witch soundtrack? Mm-hmm. What is that? Is like is that a season? I'll tell you, Dave. I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> it's got Sugar Ray's Abracadabra on it, uh-huh. which yeah. just now as I'm reflecting on the lyrics is horribly problematic and would never get released as a single now. Okay. The lyrics are Abra, Abra, Cadabra. I want to reach out and grab you. Oh, my God. <laughs> and that's the chorus. This is a radio <laughs> hit song. It also had some Britney. Oh, it had Soda Pop by Britney Spears, I think. Hmm. I think Adele Marie Dix could correct me on this. She knows her Sabrina the Teenage Witch as well. All right. I'm calling her. Adele is on Let's her get way. her on the line. All right. No, she'll show up. Okay. In studio. Oh, that was like a telekinetic, like, boom, sent a beam over to her and I called she her. understands? I figured this would come up, so I called her beforehand. She'll be here in about 20 minutes. Great. She'll settle it. And honestly, that's <laughs> the only two tracks I remember from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. But you owned... I bought but, I bought that CD. But okay, so but is the CD like the soundtrack of season one or like they amalgamated everything that... Sab- 
That's another great. No, this is great. You, <laughs> oh, those are good questions for you to stop asking. The oh, question. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Is it an amalgamation of different seasons and like the biggest hits or the biggest moments when a song was playing at some dance where she and Harvey finally got close to kissing, but they couldn't because Salem ran in all of a sudden and spilled somebody's tray full of pasta salad. No, I think the by season soundtrack was a genius marketing thing invented by the creators of the OC. I believe mm. this might be the first time where you get soundtrack volume one and each season would have its own soundtrack because music was such a big part of that television show yeah yeah before something like the oc you would just get a soundtrack to the show and it would just be random pop songs either inspired by the show or on random episodes of the show yeah yeah that's that's nonsense so it just it made no yeah it makes no sense in retrospect was there sabrina the teenage witch movie no Uh, right i've never really reflected on this yeah what is that soundtrack like it's i don't know i I want to know there's no way that the network would have access to license all these huge songs like britney spears and sugar ray of course not yeah that seems crazy for them to put it on there so (laughs) it was just i think it was like it was this is the golden age of cds right this is like the mid to late 90s when anything could happen so any you just want mixes of cds and before cd burners are prolific right so any excuse what you bought is what you got exactly so any excuse to have a random group of artists on a cd that you can buy and be like oh i remember i know these hit songs i want to own them all together i love big shiny tunes exactly yeah it was just an excuse to do that i think Hmm. for some reason under the (laughs) banner of sabrina the teenage witch and that was a five minute tangent on (laughs) the tv show that the same director has also directed a couple episodes of i feel like i want to talk more about sabrina the teenage witch (laughs) (laughs) Oh, uh, well, I'm good. I can let it go. Yeah, man. Carolyn Ray is amazing as with the one ant. I don't know the name of the other ant, but she was great too. Yeah. Um, Hilda and Zelda. Who yeah, yeah, was yeah. the other one? Um, I, don't, I don't know that actress. And her, I've seen her friend or her frenemy, uh, the girl with brown hair, Sabrina's best oh, friend slash enemy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen her in other things lately too. Oh. Like I think they all have big careers. And actually they are bringing a Sabrina. new Sabrina this There is a new Sabrina to Netflix, coming. but it's going to be in the Riverdale universe. That like soapy teen, Aww. yeah. Unfortunately, but she's gonna be a witch. She, uh, I think, with her I powers. So. Maybe. I like that show. Riverdale. No. <laughs> <laughs> Jody's gone through it. Christy was watching too. Jody enjoys it. Do you, have you? I've liked... watched. I've watched one episode, and it just. Um, Did you hate it? Yeah, it's just not. Yeah. It just seemed like low stakes. It's just I... like all those kind of CW, like just teen drama, high yeah. end. Yeah. Yeah, I hate it. I don't get it. I hated it so I, much. I don't get it. <laughs> Jody's like ready for more. She's like, it's not that great. Well, season two is a, yeah, same. Yeah. That's exactly what Chrissy says. She's like, it's not good, but that's for some reason, there's something that drives them. There's something to compelling. Watch they want to just watch the whole thing. Yeah. And uh, they're, not, they're not alone. Those are yeah. usually successful TV shows. Jeez, man. I just have no concept of what would be a good show nowadays. Mm-hmm. They're putting out shit like Riverdale. I'm like, dumb. And they're like, hugely successful. I'm like, oh, The Ranch. Great. The Ash- Ranch. The yeah. Ashton Kusher. That's like one of the most watched shows. Who like, could have predicted that? Yeah. We're just so lucky that we're at a time where things are so prolific that mm-hmm. even yeah. though the most watched movies are like Adam Sandler's Netflix movies, there's still enough, more than enough content yeah. for people like us who don't aren't interested in the biggest things, you know? Yeah. So this was written by Michael Nankin. Michael Nankin, who's also a TV writer, director, Hell on Wheels, Defiance, other programs. So these are two TV dudes who started out with making this genre flick. And I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sold pretty much on the log line alone. It was, it's been on a bunch of lists of greatest horror movies of all time. Yeah, I've seen the name several times. Yeah, maybe not top 10 or 20, but top 150 lists, it's on there. Sure. And I mean, you know, considering how populated the landscape of horror movies is, that's a very high up number. Yeah. If, if you're getting on the 125s even. You know? Absolutely. 
And I mean, I'm totally down for this. Listen to this. Kids left home alone accidentally unleash a horde of malevolent pint-sized demons from a mysterious hole in their suburban backyard. How can this not be anything How, but perfect? Come on. <laughs> come on. We um, love this shit. It, this yeah this is like our bread and butter the, yeah. listeners who have been around for most of the time they know that it's like the leprechauns of the world that mm-hmm. set us off you know the the really really like funny creepy weird camp kind of movies like child's play got us to absolutely like this sounds perfect we love it yeah i um was and I'm this, in the, we're in the mood for this right now i think was this a suggestion uh no no okay there well then didn't say that no you didn't suggested um, by chris yeah no because we were gonna watch yeah. mother but i was just i just like i'm not in the mood right now i need i need to watch That's, something light and silly krampus is perfect this will be it was so great krampus yeah. was so great a sequel is made three years later with some of the same characters it's always uh, encouraging yeah yeah i would like to see it just one sequel that's it so far it went just one sequel okay yeah so it it should be great but before we get to the movie scare and tell. What do you got for Scare and Tell this week, Dave? This week, um, as recently passed was my birthday, I got a, a lovely gift from Jody. Mm-hmm. And what it was is Bram, Stoker, Bram Stoker's Dracula, the novel. Oh, the novel? Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, yeah. I, I have read this one. Yep. And so I haven't. So I'm so excited. Have you started? Uh, no, I just got it yesterday. Oh, just yesterday. I right. just got it a day <laughs> on my birthday. Right. You got it on your birthday. Yeah. And I'm Dude. so pumped to read it. And it's like, it's great. Right on the back of it. This was so poignant and timely for me because I, I recently finished it. Mm-hmm. Um, and right on the back, there is a Stephen King review of this book. And um, what the review says is that um, Bram Stoker paints these amazing horror images that no movie has to date like done well. And I'm like, that's a great thing coming from Stephen King, who has a very, very acute perspective on book ideas becoming a real life image in a movie. Mm -hmm. And so he's saying, like, read the book because there is nothing better. I I fully agree with that assessment. I read this book um, two or three years ago Mm -hmm. for the very first time. And no Dracula thing I've seen has matched up to the experience of reading the book. Like it was just it's it's all told through journal entries. So you're reading someone's journal. And just having their account of all these things and events unfolding, and he, he's not sure what's going on, and yeah. slowly figuring stuff out. It's it's wonderful. I couldn't put it down. Um, I can't wait for you to check in and tell I'm us about it. So excited! Yeah, it'll go fast compared to the other books I've been reading. Oh, absolutely. So, Real um, page turner. I'm really excited about that. And I also, after having unpacked, I pulled out my um, uh, what's his name? H.P. Lovecraft, best mm-hmm. of. I yeah. have uh, a book of his best of stories. So I might. Is yeah. it this one? Big red and black book? Oh, no. No, mine's red and black. Okay. It's like a best of paperback, but nice. it's got Cthulhu in it. And... Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, I've got Cthulhu in this one. I haven't read it yet, but I'll get yeah, to it. We can maybe... It's gigantic. There's so much. Yeah. He wrote so much. <laughs> he did. He wrote a lot, didn't he? Uh-huh. Yeah, so I'm really... Right now, I'm really excited about horror books. Great. And I also have The Stand, which I'm slowly kind of getting into. Trickling into, yeah. Oh, it's so crazy. Awesome. Just immediately, the end of the world. I love books like that. Um, starts at the end john windham uh, did that too with day of the triffids which i recently read another great mm. here's the apocalypse here's how it happens are you able to read over the holidays much i mean we're right in the throes of winter break here yes um sometimes i get around to doing that unless i have recently for christmas town gotten a fun video game I oh. want to play at which point i play i want to play a game yeah 
Dave's in the corner playing games. Wanna play a game? Welcome back to Dave's Game Corner. So, um, yeah, also on Christmas, what often happens to me, instead of reading, if I've gotten a new game, that's mm-hmm. what I'm doing. That's the most important thing to me at all times is the newest game. Fair. Namely, right now I am in the Monster Hunter beta. Nobody who hears this podcast is going to be able to play it because it ends on the 14th of December. Um, so but it's, it's over. Uh, I guess, yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's... Uh, it was originally a Nintendo game where you and a bunch, you and a group of people go and take down a massive like dinosaur with just your little swords and sticks and bones. And all right, and then you take its stuff and you make better swords and sticks and bones. And, and now there's a new updated high tech solid brand version of this. new version of it coming out for PS4. I just got to play the beta, killed some crazy monsters and monsters, not just dinosaurs. They're dinosaur ish. I see. Uh, yeah, but yeah, they're monsters. They're giant things. They're, they're different. There's some weird mammal-looking ones and fishy-looking ones. There's all sorts of shit. Cool. But you walk around in this world, and it's just this different prehistoric-looking landscape and just sort of vegetarian dinosaurs just walking by, not bothering you, and then just this massive thing in the distance walking around. You got to go fuck it up. It's awesome. It's a really great game. Nice, man. Yeah, so check out Monster Hunter, whatever number it is. Send me some screen caps or post them on the Snapchat. Yeah, I should. About that. I want to oh. see what that looks like. That's, yeah, you painted so cool. quite a visual image there. It's super visual. I will absolutely do that. You While guys. we're in the corner, you know I've been in my never-ending quest to try to find a Super Nintendo classic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so there was uh, Best Buy set up a Twitter account to give notifications of when they would possibly have some in stock. Uh-huh. And I followed that Twitter account, but I couldn't figure out my notifications because I'm an idiot and I because I wanted it to just buzz my phone when they tweeted that it was so right. I just kept like seeing the Twitter account like hours after something went on sale mm. but I got my notification set up right and yesterday I got the buzz as I was going to walk out the door to go do some errands and it said we will have a very limited amount of consoles in 13 minutes on the website <gasps> no rain checks or whatever so I'm like okay okay go in log on keep hitting refresh 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 i'm looking for it because i've seen that these things sell out in no time at all oh, this is gonna break i my look heart. the like add to add to shopping cart button comes up so i see that it's in stock i click it i go to my shopping cart i check out i got one no way yeah baby you got one coming i got one coming i just got notification when we were watching the last movie that it shipped so <laughs> it should be coming in here in like a week somehow Dude, i got my hands on one that's amazing i know and i'm so glad i didn't have to pay double price for it and i'm so fucking excited to start playing super mario world oh yeah Link to the past and donkey kong dude there's gonna be so much for you oh holy shit Even, i don't think i ever fully beat super mario world because you know that game well oh the yeah super nintendo yep, one yep, yep you know you get into like um those bonus extra worlds like with, um with the um the big ships and tanks and stuff no there's i'm talking super mario world for super nintendo the one yeah. where you have the cape and you fly and you're yeah, on the... Yeah. I feel like I'm talking about the same thing. So you, Get that feather and then it makes you Once you, you beat Bowser, you can go back through the whole world and go into like the pipe world and star world. And like there's these secret bonus levels. Mm. It's like it's some weird next level shit that you have to unlock. It's all these secret paths in the game. Huh. I feel like I must have to. done that. But I just remember there was one level that I could never get past. So I'm excited to go back, find out what that level is and beat this game once and for all. Huh. I feel like there's this like final like map screen where you know you see the whole map and you go level to level like mm-hmm. going across like a game board, and I feel like one of the last ones is like um, it's this dark like fiery like volcano world, and you keep going on these tanks and those moving levels like where you got to jump past all the like cannonballs that, that are firing. That's at you. that's that's um Super Mario too. That's Nintendo. That's there's no mm-hmm. ship. There's no floating ship thing in Super Mario World for Super Nintendo. Okay. Yeah, you're getting so the just, two of them I'm confused. Just the previous generation. Totally. All right. Previous generation. Is the next one. It's the next one. 
but because the in Super Mario mm-hmm. World, once you kind of beat the whole boss and go to the other world, you go back to the main map, but all the colors get kind of inverted and like become I kind of beige. I remember that. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, this thing will be here in a week, so it'll be awesome. We'll, we'll have some fun playing with it. I can't wait, dude! <laughs> Hell yeah! I'm very pumped. But for my scare and tell, here, what is it? I was oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Is this an inconvenience for you? What is? It? I want to know. Okay, we were um went to the royal and saw they did this classic 80s horror movie called Chopping Mall. Chopping Mall. Chopping Mall. Beautiful title. It was it was in, it was so cheesy and hilarious and over the top and a lot of fun. Not as good as some of the ones we've seen, but it was still a very good time. Like um, demons good. Um, it's like a lesser demons. Okay, okay, but it's that very similar. It. So this is like. Um, it all takes place in a mall mm-hmm. and the daughter of a furniture store owner is throwing a party for her and her friends in the furniture store. Once the mall in, in the last hour that the mall is open, they're dealing with too much theft at the mall. So they install these insane, first of all, concrete doors at every exit. Cause somehow the mall can afford this uh-huh. to like lock close in. But then instead of hiring people to patrol the mall, they have three security robots and I'm talking like 80s robots, like cranking around, <laughs> like, moving around on like a conveyor. Big garbage like a, can. Like a tank. A tank. Yeah, bo- tank treads. Tank treads, yeah. Just going around. And there's three of them, but they're malfunctioning. So the whole movie is just eight teens trapped in the mall with three malfunctioning robots going around killing them. <laughs> that sounds awesome. It's amazing. That sounds amazing. Like per- perfect premise. Wow. But it's not, it's like they had to um, dial back a lot of the gore to get a PG rating, I think. That, because it's mm. not there's some good gore moments but i wanted way more gore <laughs> yeah man if, if you can if your prop can just be a machine yeah. you can do some gnarly stuff to people i think i think this movie should be remade for sure hmm. that sounds awesome it should be <laughs> whereas like demons awesome. i'm like don't fucking touch demons it's perfect as is yeah choppy mall was a great so much fun uh could improve a little bit yeah could use a little bit of work a little bit shine please no, never touch demons it's perfect <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie oh, so much. I, I might watch that over over this break. Yeah, yeah. I wonder, it's going to be a very Star Warsy break for me. Yeah, hell yeah. Christmas is Star or Wars it time. was a Star Wars. We've both seen it at the time this episode's uh, out. I suppose that's true. Yeah, I'm so excited to see it two I weeks know. ago, and I've like been following it, and it's like I the hype it. is just building and building. Yeah, one of the people is like, um, all the advanced screenings like are coming out very, very positive. It's time to get excited, man. You know? And the fact that disney gave this director complete control over the next star wars trilogy is a testament to how good of a job he did on this, uh, this movie. movie yeah yeah yeah. yeah. it's last pumped. jedi is pumped was was so so good a movie yeah i can hate it i'll never hate it of course i won't hate it we can at least say it was good and we're not going to yeah. overhype it for ourselves sure okay it was the best fucking thing i've ever seen i just <laughs> i can't believe that i, I have so. the, i want to go in low expectations play cool for myself Okay, I can't believe I have this opportunity to go back in time to before I had seen the movie yeah. and just gush about how good it was. Man, podcasting is time travel. It's kind of nuts. It basically is, yeah. You just hear yourself saying things about things that are going to happen mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well after you've said them. I don't know. It, it drives me crazy to listen back to these things, man. Yeah. I'm going a certain brand of crazy, definitely. Cool. Yeah. Well, let's go another <laughs> brand of crazy and <laughs> enter through the gate and see some little minions run around a yard, huh? I would love to see some little minions run around a yard. Cheers to that, Chris. Cheers. Tink. Tink. <laughs> oh, my God. What? Hold up. <laughs> so I just also wanted to add, and it's crazy that we were talking about the OC earlier, because Kelly Rowan, the mom from the OC, is in this movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's serendipitous, ain't it? That's kind of crazy. Wow. 
All right, let's go to the movie now. Dead. Chris, would you like to watch a mid tank? Okay, let's do it. Bye. That shit's delicious. Oh, I know. That's why we brought it up. Um, I also love like basically any Jolly Rancher flavored thing. Like Jolly Rancher chews are so good. Oh yeah, dude. That Jolly Rancher as any flavor. variety of candy. They've nailed flavor. They have nailed it. Yeah, and like your classic run of the mill Jolly Rancher. This is a case that was made to me once. Is like the perfect stoner sweet mm-hmm. because Jolly Ranchers have the best flavor of all candy. Yep, no one agreed. can deny that. Um, and the Jolly Rancher on its own comes as this like hard candy, kind of uncrunchable. You suck it for a long time. It's got a ton of flavor. And um, furthermore, in this household <laughs> where I learned this, um, no picking and choosing allowed. You take one, that's the one you've got. That's the rule. And that way you're not left with the yeah, bullshit at the end. Exactly. It's always just as good. So in that household, you're not going out and eating four donuts when you're stoned, you know, stuff like that. You get that like satisfaction happening in your mouth. Mm-hmm. And you know, watch your shows or whatever, and you're not going calorie binging. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't work for me. I'm just gonna, (laughs) I'd like eat them like it was like cereal or something like that. Like I'll (laughs) chew through those fucking Jolly Ranchers. You should see Chris pull out a bar, pour pour out a bowl of Jolly Ranchers, get some milk in there, down. Yeah, just eat some in five minutes. It's horrific with a spoon. (laughs) Unbelievable. No, but I don't. I actually, I love Jolly Rancher flavors. Prefer anything Jolly Rancher flavored over just straight up Jolly Ranchers because that shit just gets sharp and cuts your tongue up like nothing else. Yeah, it does. It does. Right? And some of like the Tootsie Roll lollipops do that too. Yes. Just turn into tongue blades. Agreed. And that's what we're talking about here on the Texas Chris Dave Song Massacre podcast, Tongue Blade Candy. And what's way more threatening and damaging than Tongue Blade Candy is uh, crazy army, army of demons. Tiny little motherfucker let's be honest it's three dozen little minions and one big ass dude that is yep. the that is what this that is what hell is full of and that is the real threat yeah uh, and there's one guy one dead looking guy who grabs you and and whatever he's part of it too oh right right but that's just merely another form not unlike power rangers where all the minions get together and then they oh form. and they turn into that they one. turn into that dude turn into that dude and then when that dude falls over they turn back into that moment minions. is amazing it really is just falls flat right. on his face and instantly scrambles the practical effects in this are, are so killer so good yeah um and that happens early they give us a taste of that early when the first time we see those little minions and we're gonna call them minions because mm-hmm. that's the easiest and that's what they are but mm-hmm. i i give them a lot more respect than the current pop culture yellow minion character. apples and oranges yeah apples uh, and minions yeah minions and minions, minions and minions for sure <laughs> When was um, the first time that we see it? So uh, we see the minions the first time. They all rush out. They slam the door. One of their little arms is stuck in. The arm yes, falls yes, yes, off, yes, yes, yes. turns into these tiny little worms upon impact on uh-huh. the ground, slithers back under the door towards perfect, the minions. Perfect. And that just showed how talented the practical effects team on this is. Yeah. Because it like just like when the body hits the floor and turns, when the body hit the floor, when the body hit the floor, when the body hit the floor. It like instantly like your brain, your eyes don't even really see the difference. Like it, it's a perfect it's a seamless snap. transition. Yeah, it yeah, looks yeah. so good. And they did that in both of those situations. They did Absolutely. it with just the little tiny like toy sized arm turning mm-hmm. into worms, mm-hmm. and this full human man falling down and turning into tiny little 
minion demons all with their own amazing unique articulation and there's no there's no it's like a seamless transition in both things in terms Boom. of the Pop. agency of the creatures yeah. like the second it hits the ground the dudes are running away yeah, it's like there's full no there's no like demons. okay get up we're minions now stretch a little bit and yeah, run. Yeah. it's just like they're yeah. just in the next form and yeah. the same with the worms exactly they're just ready to go we should add though that this we watched a remastered version of the gate so originally the effects probably mm. weren't as polished as we saw them, yeah. but they did a great job remastering it where it doesn't look overly touched up. You like can't, it, it yeah, just looks great. Uh, the one thing I could probably tell if there was any touching up, it was when um, all the butterflies or the moths or whatever were flying around them. Uh, right. That's probably the situation where it was most obvious that something had happened. That, to the effect. that was probably the worst effect in the yeah, whole movie. Yeah, yeah. It, it clearly looks superimposed. Yeah. That, that just jumped out of me. I was like, whoa, whoa. Everything totally. else looks great. Totally. What is this? <laughs> What is that bullshit? So let's start at the beginning, right? Yeah, well, and, we can try. Chris, yes. I've been drinking. Okay. Right. I'll, I'll walk you through this. Thank you. In this just beautiful, gorgeous, giant suburban properties. These I, are like two-acre properties. I would say yet another. Holy shit, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, these people are loaded with cash. A giant mansion. A giant ass mansion. Which uh, huge which backyards. Is all the better for when they eventually, of course, destroy it. everything, yeah. <laughs> top to bottom destruction. Everything. Great. But yeah. Let's continue. Ala Poltergeist, Ala yeah. Amityville, like just eighties yeah. is the time. Yeah, eighties, seventies. This is just a time where we're watching just houses just be ripped apart. Dog soldiers, just fuck yeah. houses. <laughs> but how satisfying it was it when the giant ass gate opened up in the center of the home? That when, huge thing when it started. The boards just falling. Yeah, and or no, so, first the boards boards just popping like a, a couple just of them popping up a little bit and then like one at a time would like fall and you could see something was behind the floor yeah you, you knew there's something beneath but you couldn't make out what it was mm-hmm. and it was crazy that this house was falling apart and i wasn't you didn't see one board fall out and then under you saw the next floor down mm-hmm. you were seeing something that wasn't right and then another couple boards and then a dozen boards and then the whole circle lo- like loosens and then it caves in Completely. and it's just like the abyssal underworld like hell an infinite regression all the way deep, yeah, deep down. Just this deep, dark hole. Like it's so satisfying the way that plays off. Because first, like a, a couple yeah. boards drop, and you don't yet yeah. see the full radius of the thing. And then a couple down here, so you're like, oh, it's a little bit bigger. But then a couple way out in the other corner, and you're yeah. like, oh shit, how big is this hole? We're jumping yeah. way ahead, but that is that was an amazing moment. Yeah, we're gonna jump all the fuck around, and we're just gonna get excited. He's so scrambly, like across it as it's falling through, which makes yeah. it even. So, um, what's his name? Something Dorf. Steven Dorf. Steven Dorf. I was going to call, call him Steve Dorf. Yeah, from... I've known best from somewhere. The Sofia Coppola movie. The director who did Marie Antoinette and Virgin Suicides. Mm, I don't think I saw it. The Beguiled. Um, somewhere was just like... It, the whole movie is just Steven Dorf and his daughter, played by Elle Fanning. Mm. And it's just... The whole movie is just very slow and meditative. And it's just their kind of fragile relationship. She's oh. like the 10-year-old daughter. He's a huge famous actor or something. Okay. And it's just their melancholy, rich-ass lives. Mm. And their relationship because he's so busy all the time and she wishes she was closer with her father and okay just real bougie shit you know but very well done and exciting yeah not as good as this hell but no dude's a little kid right yep. and he he's like a killer performer he leads this movie he like 100 percent leads this movie he's incredible he's in this movie. so good holy shit and it's an awesome character i love how especially how when this kid gets bullied by his older sister's friends he stands up to him strikes back he strikes right back they call him something and he has an insult loaded and ready just as like yeah. in their face as right. he is he's just as cool as these yeah. quote-unquote cool he, kids are that are bullying he's him. not at all intimidated by the fact that they're older he'll dish it back just as hard yeah um, including some maybe some problematic language 
Yeah, there's a bit of that. Yeah, yeah, which That's a sign of the times. And and I'm sorry, but I've got, it made me laugh a little bit when we heard it. Mm-hmm. Like just seeing a little kid just pop off was is just kind of funny. Mm-hmm. I think when kids swear, it's funny. Yeah, <laughs> that was good. Of course, um, but yeah. So he's got he's got this like real backbone, but at the same time, he's also like he, uh, he wants to call his parents. You know, he he's like shit is going wrong. He calls out. He's um, he's a sweetheart. He yeah. calls out his friend when he doesn't put air holes in the moth jar. Yeah. He's like, that's cruel. That's like, cruel. He's a yeah. good kid. This is, and he's a hero worth rooting for when you're watching the movie, which, which just adds even more to this amazing yeah. film. The archetypal hero. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just those kids. Those. The, he's so in it. I can't believe how good of an actor he was in this thing. Yeah, he's like the Tommy Pickles of huh? uh, from Rugrats. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Tommy. Totally. Yeah. This yeah. is like Tommy growing up a little bit. Yeah. He's always like, got to do the right thing. We got to go where adventure leads us. Got to do this. And like, Shit, no matter, man. no matter. I think, you, I think you nailed it. I, it felt good when I said it. I don't bring up Tommy Pickles a lot. So. I think this is the first time it's taken 66 episodes, but you found, <laughs> we've watched 66 horror movies before you found Tommy Pickles <laughs> in one of the characters. And here he is. Steven Dorf is Tommy Pickles. All right. So we landed on that and that's like bang on. But yeah, he's like, he, <laughs> he also is um, throughout this movie, like the, the child side of him. Um, mm-hmm. He's always like at any point in the movie, the movie when a rocket comes up or that old rocket he wanted to do with his sister or a new rocket when she buys him one. Uh huh. Immediately he forgets everything and he's like, Rock, yes. He just gets the excited. Spark, the twinkle in his eye just yeah. lights right up. It, it, he goes, reverts back to being a kid. And so he has that very, very real side of his character is that he is a child who Absolutely. likes rockets. And, and the, he bl- this, burned so, the house once. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that was a great little shot, a little pan up. Yeah, a throwaway moment of like, uh, Dad's been pissed ever since I like burnt this top corner of the <laughs> roof here, and where there should be like a basketball hoop is just a burned <laughs> corner of garage. <laughs> awesome and super cool of that dad to be yeah. not as much of a hard ass. Like he seemed like a pretty. Everyone seems pretty level and grounded. Yeah, in that family at least. Yeah, don't get me started on the Lee sisters. We'll get no, there eventually. Okay, we'll get there because I did not like those ladies. Yeah, but the rocket is so effectively teased, almost like ad nauseum, because you yeah. just they keep alluding to it. Like, where's this big super rocket? Where's the super rocket? Then finds it in the closet. She didn't throw it away. Yeah, you, like you know that that super rocket is going to meet that giant ass beast. Yeah, and like they were teasing it really early to the point where I didn't have any context for what that would be. Like mm-hmm. they brought up the lightning bolt or the thunderbolt, that's the name of the rocket. They brought that up before he was still excited about that. And then when the kid was listening to his like rock and ro- or his metal records and he learned about all the the demon shit, um he was saying uh, he was reading out his book something um in order to defeat it once it got its two human sacrifices and became real is you needed um, a weapon needed to wield a weapon of love and light. Mm. And then like later he gets the card showing like, this is the gift, this thunderbolt rocket that I gave you is uh, like a gift. Thus endowing it with love. And Mm. it's a very bright thing. So yeah, it's got the ingredients is a a weapon of love and light that he wields. Very astute. Yeah. And I like thought that was really cool because at first I remember thinking just like, Earlier in the movie, maybe I'll say that I wasn't as in it mm-hmm. as, you know, the second half of it, we'll say. Totally. Um, I was like, eh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Lol, stupid. And just having a good time or whatever. And then when he said that, I'm like, well, that's clearly, clearly the key to dealing with this problem. And if I were to hear that, it's like to wield a weapon of love and light. Like, that's just such a nonsense thing to <laughs> ask of me. Like, a, a weapon of love and light. Like. I, I don't have a weapon that has either of those factors to it, except maybe a light up sword, like lightsaber or something. But this is just such like, a good, well-natured kid no, that you're like, he'll, 
he'll make this sure. work. He'll yeah. level this out. Yeah, he'll he'll come to terms with whatever that means. That mm-hmm. just means you'll love someone at the same time. You turn you light a fire that sends them off. Some stupid shit like that. But no, then it turned out there's a really good um, sort of thing that could fall into that role. This rocket, the thunderbolt. This, yeah, I thought that was really good. It was like, nice. That was and one of those storytelling moments where I like kind of cross my arms, and go, yeah, yeah, cool. <laughs> I really like that. I saw you cross your arms. You went, huh? <laughs> no, that didn't happen. Huh. Um, I huh. do. I do agree. Maybe like I, Chris is. It really. This movie kicked into overdrive for me when we first saw a minion. Like when we first oh, saw yeah. one of those little dudes, I'm like, "Holy shit!" And you, the way that they would just move around, like just dance <laughs> around and flail their arms, and they're not very loud. They they seem kind of dumb and aimless, and they didn't like do anything too major. No, they can but... ch- they can chomp you, but they're not like too much of a threat. But they're still terrifying because they come in numbers. Yeah, and um. If you haven't watched a ton of movies, those things should have been puppets, but they weren't. They were shrunk down full people in suits. Absolutely. And that makes everything I think so, so different. Or were they just really good claymation? Because it was... There was a lot of claymation. We, we have to like take into account that it's been remastered, so maybe some of the things have been touched yeah. up. And yeah, the like maybe they are... Because sometimes they look so mobile that I couldn't yeah. attribute it to claymation. Like It would have just yeah. been really good no, claymation. I think... I would go so far as to say, without knowledge of the truth here, um, mm-hmm. that there must have been people in suits for at least some of that, like because they didn't have motion capture. Yeah. But it's like it's human being movements and speed. It's I just, not. It's, it's yeah. It's not claymation. Not all of it, at least. With movies like this, I just want to see behind the scenes so badly. Totally. I want to hear a commentary. I want to totally. know how all this took place. Even actually, before the minions popped up, mm-hmm. right when we started seeing the um, drywall Nightmare on Elm Street effect, where yeah, they had the that's up, exactly what I was about to I'm say. Like nice, nice. It's, this is so I'm they had for this. they had some some sort of like nylon walls or something mm-hmm. that look flat because they're taut. And then it looked like they had these big, like, rolling pin things that had, like, kind of styrofoam, like, stone or something like that, or, like, granite, something that yeah. had a real stony texture that was pushing yeah, against it. Yeah, it was it. bumpy, yeah. Yeah, and it just rolled, if you imagine people rolling sideways rolling pins against, yeah, a taut piece of fabric, mm-hmm. that's sort of the effect that it had. Yeah. I love that. I love how the house started coming apart, because at first I'm like, demons are going to crawl out of this hole and do, like, gremlins bullshit. Exactly. They're going to pull little pranks and it's going to be hilarious. From the log line, that was my expectations, 100%. Yeah, but instead what happened is this house became completely possessed by demonic energy and they like mm-hmm. they just crawled up out of nothing. Like, they can, yeah, they can lean into things that you are afraid of or you perceive, right? Yeah. Like the whole idea that they showed up in the fact in this zombie dude in the wall, I interpreted largely as because the one guy made up the story that there yeah, is like yeah. a dead person in your wall. So they knew that they could attack or get under the skin of these kids yeah. by manifesting in this zombie-like dude. So there's a zombie-like dude that's falling around, appearing in closets that they're already hiding in, which is all just great stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they finally like hit him. I think he gets hit on the head or something. Silly. No, you, you're forgetting this. They throw a stereo at his face. Right. <laughs> and that clonks him, and it's this beautiful dunk I remember sound. the Yeah, I remember the and stereo hitting that's him. what makes him fall over. And, and then after a second... He he flops forward (laughs) and then immediately disintegrates into like, you know, you turn on a light. There's a bunch. You you turn on a light. There's a bunch of like mice in a room and they'll go, oh, fuck and scatter. That's how they looked like. Just like you said, they weren't. They didn't need to take some stretches like, here we are. They weren't confused. They weren't dazed. The second they hit the ground, they were they were just like, run, run. Yeah. Yeah. Go on to the next thing. Yeah. And then the beautiful like 
call it to the shining or whatever where he's just they're all smashing through the wall but instead of the big door or the door sorry yeah the door there just tons of little fists going through the bottom of the door there's like three or four little holes near the bottom of a door and yeah. their arms are lazily <laughs> yeah. poking through with tiny little fists oh. and it was great because every time you saw these things and there's a couple times one of them got slapped and it was hilarious they got stepped on they got kicked mm-hmm. like lots of stuff any happened. physical interaction with these dudes is just so comical yeah, i so wish good. there was more them using each other in a certain way like i would have loved to see him hop on each other's shoulders to open doors and stuff like uh, that that just that is just one for one the rats from a muppet christmas carol yeah. <laughs> yeah. just climb up on each other to pull the blinds down and put books up on the exactly yeah. i wanted these things to start doing I, crazy shit like i that. wanted them like one to get a knife and yeah. one to get like two to have like a trip wire that someone trips on oh, in the hallway exactly. shit like that i wanted like a couple of them to set up so one could like bounce off the other one and then launch you know what i mean <laughs> i wanted like little pyramids oh, there's God. so much room I mean, I I need to see the sequel. I need to see what these little dudes do uh, when they come back. Uh, I feel like there has not yet been one of these series movies that we have, we've watched that I'm like I don't need to see the sequel. It's I need to true. see it now. Yeah, I just gimme gimme gimme. I want it. I want this to be a twenty movie series, and I want to get a supercut of all the just minion stuff mm-hmm. and just watch those little weird bastards. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning, we're at this house, okay. <laughs> this big ass house, and the, the parents. The, the parents are clearly like they're going away somewhere for a couple days at first i thought it was just a night three out. days three days it's a big deal gone. it's a big deal and they're like reluctant they're playing i interpreted it as them playing reluctant that they'd already clearly decided that they'll just leave the kids yeah. alone they, yeah. they're not going to pay for a babysitter all weekend yeah and they're not going to like yeah how are we going to really figure this out let's talk to the kids see what they think <laughs> no they're like okay here's how we do it we're going to make it seem like it's a huge favor that yeah. way we have leverage for future things that we'll demand of our kids yeah so they played up that whole scene of like Oh, I'm I'm 15 years old. I can do it. I can stay here. <laughs> and they made it seem like, okay, fine. You can do it. Just no party. Smash cut to party. Yeah. <laughs> well, brilliant move. Great. Yeah. And that's what you hope for. If of they course. didn't do that, no, that would be a huge letdown. Huge. And this isn't like uh, one friend who's bringing a couple of people over. This house is packed. Yeah. But also, also like to like get a little away from the typical is she did not then like completely indulge and go nuts. She was like cleaning up the whole time she was doing yeah she was on like, top of the situation like she's like she seems like she's very peer pressured by those two horrible horrible women the lee sisters the lee sisters <laughs> <laughs> to quote what's his face what's his face's friend yeah like, when they first are brought up she's like it's just the, the lee, lee sisters, sisters coming over and he's like Bleh. lee sisters Bleh. and he fake yeah. pukes into the trash can because they're horrible you hated them I hate them. I hated um you hated their outfits. I hated their yeah, their outfits. I, I were loved like, their hairstyles. I think they were funny. Especially but, Kelly yeah. Rollins with the like just poof, whatever that yeah. was. That's like um you get blasted in the face with like a leaf blower when you've got like a thick slop of hairspray already in your hair. I would think it's like when you're putting uh, a knife in the toaster, but only for like a split second. It's like <laughs> <laughs> only the front of your hair poofs up instead of all your hair. Alright, you wet the front of your hair. Mm-hmm. And then you lay it down on a very, very cold windshield of a car. Right. It freezes that way. Yeah. And then you hairspray it. Or you hairspray it after <laughs> it's frozen or something. Because that shit is just staying right It up. is not moving at all. Uh-uh. And I mean... A minion could have like karate kicked that hairstyle. Wouldn't have gone down. They are super useless. The yeah. only thing they do they is... Hide. They're like, well, we went to Sunday school. So they give a Bible. And they just, their job is to go through it with two people, which by the way, if you have ever tried to go through a book with two people quickly mm-hmm. to try to get to a it's place. Find a key verse. Yeah. Let alone the Bible. 
We're talking 3,000 pages of tiny text. There's a lot of pages. There's a lot, and they just whip open to a random verse. We were having so much fun riffing on what yeah. random verses, yeah. like genealogies, are the most innocuous things that yeah. they would have come up with, but they found something. Blank begat blank, blank begat blank, <laughs> and. I mean, that was the one thing that they helped out with, and it turned out to be completely useless. It did, yeah. And it, so much so that um, if you check our Snapchat a few weeks ago, you might have seen this. Um, but he's reading the verse that he's got, mm-hmm. and it's just not working. So he throws it in the pit, and it explodes. And so this is the one way that it does kind of work. So the Bible <laughs> the Bible works as well, a yeah, temporary cause bomb. Because that's all the verses, right? Yeah. It's like, mm, may not have said the right one, but they're all in here. So, yeah. <laughs> And again, that's a great moment for Stephen Dorff's character. Just like, forget it. And just chuck, <laughs> chucks the Bible in. Like, he made an executive decision that this isn't working. Yeah. Let me try throwing the whole holy text in there. <laughs> and it explodes. And it, like, it, it at least temporarily debilitates. Yeah. It's, it, it seems like a win at that moment. It does. It's the fake out ending. Yeah. 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 But it was not. It was not. There was good a enough. good amount of movie mm-hmm. for an hour twenty movie. There was a good amount that left after. Lot, man, it felt way longer than one twenty. I feel like so much more happened. Yeah, just constantly new things were happening, and yeah. I was like, "Wait, what happened way out, way back in the beginning?" Considering literally minutes ago in this movie, we are only in that house and backyard. That is the only place yeah. we ever are in this entire movie. Yeah, totally. It just it feels longer than it. Not in a bad way. Not mm-hmm. in one of those like it drags. No, in one of those like it's only an hour twenty. Yeah, like that's it. Um, and it really like that last whole last act is really just Stephen Dorff alone performing himself with the camera. Yeah, because he loses two, everybody. The Lee sisters are fucking hiding in a closet somewhere with garlic. The most insane amount of garlic that with you would ever have. With about $40 of garlic wrapped around both their necks yeah. that no one would have in their yeah, home. Yeah, like 30 bulbs each. Who has? <laughs> why do they have 60 bulbs? I needed... Okay, what would have made that way more hilarious is before the... While well, the parents are still there... Like, and when we're, when we're coming back, remember, we're making all that spaghetti sauce. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, listen, we're going away for our once a year camping trip. And when we get back, we're having our once a year garlic bread party. And so yeah. help me God. There better be 30 bulbs left on that counter. So anyways, the Lee sisters have so many garlic bulbs. That's the most insane prop in this whole movie is those necklaces. But they're just, they're just hiding in one closet. And the other two just get made human sacrifices. To yeah. bring the thing alive. Yeah, but okay, yeah. So they get um they get taken. Yeah. Little what's his uh, glasses falls in the hole first. Uh-huh. And that's like when we see most of them the hilarious minion activity. At which the bottom. Was just so great. No, because yeah, he falls in the hole, but then he makes it out. I know he does make it out, but that's when we oh, see you wanted mo- to talk about that scene. Okay, yeah, okay, that's yeah, when yeah. we see most of the menu activity. That's when it really starts to kick off, you know, because they're all pulling at him and they start biting him. Yeah, like you have that moment of innocence where yeah. he's just staring at one, and the minion's looking back at him, and he's like, "Who's this dude?" He's like, "Oh, this is weird." And then bite. Yeah, and another one. No, the, bite. Sec- the second one comes up and just straight bites. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, Argh! and then he slaps it away, and then it just starts a whole thing. He and they're just kicking one of them, and one's like flailing on the ground, like amazing. Them getting hit. Okay, so then he climbs up out of that, and that would have been a perfect opportunity for like all of them to jump on each other's shoulders and sway back and forth and try to like reach and grab him, right? A little human tower. Kind yeah, of like deal. a human tower, but it's kind of like swayed unstably. <laughs> the top one is trying to like yeah. grab The, the one on the bottom is like rapidly running back and forth yeah, to compensate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fuck, man. That would have just, uh, that would have taken it up even that higher That is level. just the Muppets, man. Like, yeah. watch Muppet Christmas Carol this year. It's the greatest Christmas movie of all time, Scary Cats. That's the law. Um, and by Christmas, he means this past Christmas season. I guess it's still Christmas break, technically. You, well, um, specifically with the Muppet Christmas Carol, you want to watch it on Christmas Eve because there's a beautiful song called One More Sleep Till Christmas, mm. which just is my heart. Mm. 
Okay, you heard it. You heard it, folks. And Scaredy Cats, go back in time four days or six days. Twenty third. That was last episode. This episode comes out on the thirtieth. Whoops. <laughs> go back in time. So he gets out of the hole, <laughs> yeah. and now he seems to be okay. And that's when that's that's when this fake out ending is interrupted. And you know it's not. You're like, come on, final act. Of course, final not. act. Yeah. And it's a moment where he sees a crack in the wall upstairs, and that's when mm-hmm. the zombie dude falls through, pulls him in. Right, seals right. it up again. Just pulls him in right off the bat. Do we see the hands coming out from under the bed before or after that? The, way before. The hands okay. come out from under the bed before. That's the first time we see anything, I think, because they're in the bedroom and the glass shatters, right? Right. Then right, he runs right, out, right. comes in, the hands grab, and that's when they're freaked yeah. out. Okay. And that's when then they go and be like, okay, we need Bible verses to yell at it. <laughs> okay, yeah, so that's the beginning half. Because they first have this album, this this album, this convenient metal album that just explains and provides all the exposition yeah. for the gate and how to close the gate like how handy is that oh it's great it's that's, great that's thank great. god because it was like playing in an album so like the fact that these guys are super like demon interested this band mm-hmm. is great because at first we get to hear this guy just rocking out to metal on that his scene bed, is amazing right with him so, just dancing with a sheet over him yeah exactly yeah. and so we don't need to with a rainbow sheet do it i don't know why that's really funny just he's got just got the sheet he's holding it up he's dancing around with it's it very colorful but then right at the end um they start saying this horrible like verse of like biblical demony stuff mm-hmm. and then he starts paying attention and he looks at the back of the album and he sees the symbols are the same as the weird symbols that came up after, exactly on at, the etch-a-sketch on the etch-a-sketch after they broke the geode so right like, so that's what triggers all this is yeah. them breaking a geode yeah right and the geode is is being is in this tree that's being removed from their house it pops out of the bottom of this tree as mm-hmm. they take the root bed out so that that's what gives them the idea that there's this hole. We should look for another one. That's what starts all the events. Yeah. Well, they see like a broken geode. So, okay. No, no, no. They don't see a broken geode. That thing, that full geode was in the clump of the bottom of the tree roots as they pulled it out and it fell out and it cracked in half. He went and he looked inside of it and he was like all excited. So this is what I took. This is what I took. Cause I don't remember seeing the full thing full at the beginning. I just remember seeing the half. He found a half. It was it. full though. It was full. It did break. 100%. Cause this is how I interpreted that whole thing. Cause okay. they find this geode, this open geode, but no. Okay. Okay. Well, hear me right. I'll, I'll hear you. Finds the open geode in this old tree that gets struck by lightning and killed and broken. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then they dig deeper and they find a whole geode underneath that tree, a whole new fresh one. Okay. Okay. They bring the thing, they crack it out, opens the gate. They have to eventually seal the gate. The movie ends with a new tree being planted on the same spot. Okay. So it leads me to think, okay, this gate was open beforehand and there was one whole cycle and this is this whole other second cycle because the tree went through that full life. It's happening again. So the breaking of the geo doesn't necessarily have anything no, do I guess that. it doesn't. <laughs> but it's like there is like this kind of there's something ongoing about, thing. And, yeah. 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 I see what you're saying. If they were to bury mm-hmm. the old one and then this new one. Yeah. There's there's some sort of like this is what. There's some kind of circular shit. thing I think they're trying to go for yeah. with that logic. Yeah. Yeah. So. But yeah. yeah that, it doesn't so, matter. The events yeah. Of the but I love how I love how um, the minions or this demonic force, whoever's in control of the gate, it just instantly melts that album. They're like, they oh, can't yeah. have this access to this information. Boom. And like you pointed out, they love melting things. Yeah, that's just like their response when like something's gonna like fuck up their demony plan mm-hmm. is like the phone. Yeah, just melt it. And they just do a fast. You're gonna call motion. mom? I don't think so. No, your phone is suddenly way too hot for that. I thought for a split second that it was gonna be another uh, Nightmare on Elm Street ripoff. Like, cause first like they did it. the sheet thing. I'm like, are there gonna be a minion hand? Uh, reaching minion through the hand. Phone I thought minion hand too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, instead of a tongue. But nope. They're good. Nope. They just melted the phone and it lit the thing on fire. Mm-hmm. And that was good. I like that. It was great. 
I like that. It was a great effect. Mm-hmm. It came up more than once. And then I, the kid shows up after he went through the gate in demon form, which is clearly like the little Oh, yes. Yeah. I want to talk like about manifesting that. Manifesting this in the bag in the closet. He's in this bag and he bit on the uh, the main kid's hand. The girl's hand, right? No. Oh, no, you're right. It's Stephen Dorff. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's Dorfy. Um, bit on his hand with the most like horrible bite. Like his teeth were like Clenched. three feet yeah. up his hand. Like it was horrible. And I looked at him like, if a little kid bit my hand, I could pull my hand away. Mm-hmm. That is the truth. Even if it get, uh, a, a wolf bit my hand, I could pull my hand away, lose most of my hand, whatever. But this kid just you heard had it. Scared cats. If a wolf bites Dave's hand, he could get it free. I have the option. <laughs> I have the option to yank until I no longer am. I love. Connected I to love your confidence. I, I, I love it. Cool. <laughs> but your point is that this kid had my one point, hell of a grip. My point is that this weird little weenie bit with his goat teeth and and he was stuck to them and for me specifically that was a very visceral ter- visceral terrible scene yeah like i just really? hit like, i would have broken that little kid's teeth right out in I one i would have kept just hitting his face but <laughs> you would have been somewhat dissuaded by the fact that it, it was your friend. friend yeah yeah it was your friend even if in the end it isn't it's just a manifestation meant to like throw you off or freak yeah. you out yeah but yeah I would have just laid some punches into him. But sister comes along with a Barbie. And just eye gouges Right him. in the eye. Holy shit, that was awesome. And a little bit of foreshadowing. Uh, why? Because then Dorfy takes the glass and stands, stabs his hand in the eye. Uh, oh, right. His hand eye. Gets an eye, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, okay. Why did that happen? It. Why does that do damage to the demon? Whatever. And it's a little tease earlier in the movie when he gets a splinter first right in his hand in the same spot. Right. Yeah, which became important for the ritual because it needed blood, too. This is a well-fucking-thought-out movie. It is. It turned out to be. great. I agree wholeheartedly. I love this movie. What a nice surprise. Yeah. The... um... Just, just those surprising movies that like you go in with very low expectations, or at least this will be fun. And like, it's recorded. We said it on this recording that like we both expected this movie to be critters that come out of a hole in the ground, right? That's all we. That's the only information we had, and that's all we needed. Mm-hmm. But it was so much more. That's why like, it's so fun doing this, going through the list and exploring these titles, seeing movies like this, like Demons, like Suspiria, because there's a reason that they're on so many of these lists. There's a reason yeah. that so many people hold them to be classics, and we get to experience them, so many of them, for the first time, and yeah. that's just so exciting. Yeah, we in the right context, with the right attitudes, we mm-hmm. sit down, we watch these movies, we laugh our asses off, Yeah, and I've are thought surprised. About, and... I've thought about that a lot. Like, What if I try to show a movie like Demons or this to a group of friends. Like, how would they react to it? I actually went and saw Chopping Mall with a couple friends and they had a great time. Okay. So maybe, maybe it it's does possible. translate wider than we think. I'm I just think defensive it, about it. It depends on the movie, I think, totally. Like, I think some movies will surprise a horror fan. Mm-hmm. And then some other movies are like, oh, that's surprisingly for everyone. Like, get out. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Just nominated for yeah. a bunch of Golden Globes, baby. <laughs> Which the results will be in five days or six days or something from the release of this episode exciting yeah exciting man like there's i can't remember the last time a horror movie was nominated for a golden globe and for best actor mm. so that's, that's great yeah hell that's, yeah here's hoping like and hopefully it goes to the oscars too hopefully um, genre films start getting taken more and more seriously yeah you know? and i mean the it, they just keep getting better and better so i mean um we're we've got a lot to look forward to i think absolutely yeah Man, this this was a blast. Let's this watch that great. sequel, huh? Yes. Um, I wonder how it is. Some yeah. Some someone let us know. Was this a recommendation or no? No. 
Thanks for the recommendation. This is a Chris recommendation. <laughs> Good job, Chris. Thanks. Yeah, so hey, it's said it. 80s practical effects yeah. and it's well reviewed by and horror fans. I'm like, bring it on. Yeah. I just want to watch all these. Like, did, like you saw did a little bit Pumpkinhead inspire your like zest for doing another movie like this? Well, just this whole like all the Argento ones and Saint Suspiria okay, yeah. and Demons, like all of these make me want to go back to any basically I want to see really impressive effects before a CGI really takes over in the horror genre. Yeah. So when you get to any kind of 80 80s movies or early 90s like Pumpkinhead, like like this one, like Demons, you're going to see practical effects at the top of their game, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. It's like this is like the the kind of before whatever comes next after computer generated images, mm-hmm. like there just is ghosts. We'll just use an actual ghost in our movie now. Yeah. Whatever new thing comes out that we don't have to fake it in the same way that we're faking it now. Yeah. Right before that happens, CGI is going to be the best it's that ever it could been. Possibly be absolutely. And people are going to like go to prison because their CGI <laughs> representation in a movie killed someone. That'll happen. <laughs> It'll be so good. That's basically what I look for in, in animatronics. It's right before computers could do it a little easier and better. Mm-hmm. How the best in the world were doing things that could not possibly exist. Exactly. And it was animatronics, it was suits, and, even and it was makeup. Animatronics now are so good that like I I do hope that there is a renaissance of practical effects like that the void really yeah. represented when the what it was void. doing. The void. Go back and watch the void. Absolutely. But it's almost like because cameras are so good and digital effects and maybe there is some post-production rendering it almost like it doesn't look practically enough like it looks so good that it almost could be cgi do you know what i'm I'm saying i do know what you mean yeah there's there's some sort of like lost in translation like this is how i know see or um animatronics to look based on my experiences with them in the 80s yeah maybe it's with the 80s you get like a just a dash of camp that just like reminds you that there's, this is fake, but we can still do a lot with a, it. Another thing um, that I know is very different between my two go-tos are The Void for contemporary practical effects and Jurassic Park for like an older required mm-hmm. um, is um, the, what I find to be the main difference is that they would really, 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 really light the old animatronics. The 80s movies are very, tend to be very bright. Um, have a lot of like show you the the thing even if it's covered in rain and flashing lightning or whatever yeah like think about those dinosaurs in Jurassic Park all the animatronic scenes were very 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 well lit and when they're using CGI in the places they do it's dark and it's rainy in order to to camouflage that a little bit totally so the void is I like to compare those two things because the void is so dark using all practical effects which Mm -hmm. makes them look so unfaked so totally real but then at the same time it doesn't jive with what i feel like a new 2017 movie should look like because again it's this dark very real mechanical movement so it's like it's hard for my brain to find a place for it in in my past because it just doesn't exist but uh i, I don't know i still think like movies like the void are the things that look the best on, on screen or those minimalist movies that don't require a lot of any kind of effect yeah yeah wow uh yeah like i really (laughs) i do i love the darkness of the void and i love i love what practical effects can do now and that we can actually see something like the void which has such practical effects and makes 
it makes it so effectively creepy that I don't, I'm not even thinking about the fact that I'm looking at practical effects. Yeah. I'm just genuinely creeped out by an atmospheric, incredible movie that gets under my skin. Yeah. Whereas something like The Gate, I'm just having a blast watching these yeah. practical effects because it's absurd in its very nature. Like yeah, you're watching is. these little minions run around and scramble around. I don't need the effects to be creepy or darkly lit. I don't need them to look entirely realistic even. I just need them to look real enough to be fun and believable in this world where these characters are interacting with them and i think i think you might have like a little bit more of a cynical opinion if they hadn't done it so well like if like they hadn't used the very intelligent combination of the claymation with real people in suits shrunk down Mm -hmm. and, and probably little animatronics and puppets and stuff if they hadn't blended that so like no based on the fact that we're doing this in like small scale we should do it as puppets or we should overlay the image of the, the no, actors doing, in the suits. doing both is such a genius doing film all move. of it yeah and actually yeah. they do the same thing with space movies a lot of the time they sure. would with yeah. apollo 13 they would um a lot of miniatures a lot of like well i mean just even with them floating through they would use different effects of like okay a few they actually shot in like a plane going down to make it look completely weightless mm-hmm. some of some of the shots that they got with them being pulled on a pulley from top other shots right. they shot upside down and pulled them from the bottom so that way your eye could never fully catch on to one particular way if they were always from a top-down harness yeah and i'm thinking actually of interstellar not apollo 13 this okay. is where i've heard i heard the commentary on this if they use like a top-down pulley like if everyone was always in a harness that was top strung your brain would eventually like click into that and be yeah. like, oh, they're kind of floating along. I'm used to this pattern. Yeah, their but, hair is always hanging down. There's like, yeah. little things you'd catch. But if you keep flipping the way that they're shooting it and yeah. they're, now they're hanging upside down or whatever, then your brain is more confused sure. and you can't see the weightlessness. So I think that's exactly what you're talking about with the practical yeah. effects in this movie yeah. by switching seamlessly from maybe costumes, miniatures, claymation, yes. maybe a little bit of particular visual after effects Lighting, it looks so yeah. seamless and we have to add like i would be curious to watch the unremastered one too i that we've seen this just to see what it. that looks like and i think we'd laugh even harder at it but like mm-hmm. it's still the way they move is great yeah. the fact that it's like touched up and it looks like a little sharper doesn't change the fact that the movement on all of these it objects is fantastic. amazing it looks fantastic way above like what you would usually expect from something like this mm-hmm. slither is another it would be another example of like a more contemporary practical effects one that is very much merged with cgi but yeah i was gonna say i i know that to be a cgi movie but like yeah like when you get a lot of slug movement around stuff, but when you yeah. get the bigger creatures the bigger slug then people it's more, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you're right yeah, I would really be game to watch that one again. Cool. Let's do that one sometime soon. Let's go to some Instagram comments. Instagram, Instagram comments. comments. On Exorcist 2, Riketsa says, I've never been able to get through this whole movie. It's just awful. And I'm saying this after having just watched Mila Jonovich and Ultraviolet, which may have caused me to lose millions upon millions of brain cells. Huh. No disagreement there. <laughs> All right. Well, so we also have another post here on Exorcist 2 from Hot Carl 44. Hot Carl. <laughs> Hot Carl 44. Hot Carl, the ones and twos. Hot Carl. The third one makes up for this abomination. It was so fun to watch and talk about. So if you if you're looking to watch a bad movie with a group of friends, then definitely go for it. But yeah, it's painful. It's like going to your um your high school bully's beheading. It's a great time. Not because it's like great entertainment, because you didn't like it, and it's fun to watch it crash and burn. Okay, and I'm sure that (laughs) metaphor works for some of you. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I would watch the first half of the movie on double speed, and then go back to normal speed for the last just yeah the third act. the last act is so yeah. and just watch how drunk the priest is yeah <laughs> for the end of the film of that movie yeah with enough bits and jokes to kind of sarcastically get you through it's a fun ride and if it sets up enough stuff for the next movie 
fine, mm-hmm. fine. I accept it. And Whatever. if you like a light bulb fading in and out to what Dave has mm-hmm. perfectly identified as a lightsaber moving in slow motion, <laughs> or no, a, lights, a lightsaber swung lazily. <laughs> oh, I hated it so much. Thanks, Hot Carl and Rika Tiki Taka for those Rick, comments. Riketzel. Riketzel. Rick Kettle Salad. Riketzel. Rick Rickety Sell. Chicken salad. Oh, looks like it's that time again. Sure is. Well, that means that this has been another episode of the Tex Chris Dave Saw Massacre. Sure has. My name is David Stonebra. I'm Chris Vandenberg. Chaos reigns. Chaos reigns. Chaos reigns. Chaos reigns. I wish the minions killed Seth's mom. Chaos reigns. Seth's mom in the OC was one of the lead girls. Oh, I get it. See you next time, Scary.